It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, January 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is kind of bummed out about this uh, Oilers game, Russ. I mean, do you want to be right or do you want to be wrong? It's an interesting dilemma. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to talk about for that game. We're going to catch up with World Juniors and get to your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. We are over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, you know, sometimes when we talk about things and we talk about them over and over again, you think, you know, are they actually going to ever try this out? And one of the things is taking Nick Delorier out of the lineup. Um, and they did that. However, they did not put a younger not prospect in. Way. Right. Yeah, that we talked about and giving somebody a shot uh, and instead went 11 and 7 and uh, did not go well in the end for the Flyers there. No, I mean, in the long run, doing 11 7 probably helped the defenseman on the road trip. But it wasn't going to help compete against the Edmonton Oilers. That's the problem. Yeah, I think that's fair in terms of, you know, getting the rotation going. And Stahl hadn't been in for a while. And, yeah. um, you know, just in terms of being able to put fresh legs out there, more of the game. Um, I certainly don't disagree with that, especially when you're up against McDavid and Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman. And am I forgetting anybody? <laughs> but yeah, like... No, you've got most of Although Ryan McLeod had a really good underrated game too. No, you, you, you got everybody. I think what we're showing here is it's not only the road trip, but I think like as far as usage went, it wasn't so much minutes, but like, you know, Nick Sealer was just, he was overused. Like, he just, he was not having a good game. You yeah. you know, Travis Sandheim probably could have been used more. Uh, there were things like that. Which is just, not something we would normally say because no. we wanted to manage his minutes. But you manage his minutes so you can play him more in a game like this. Right, right. At the end of a road trip, had you been able to win this game, probably would have done a lot for morale. Now we're in that situation that we talked about two days ago where it's like, okay, you're going home and you're playing Columbus. This would seem like an easy game to compete in, but you've had trouble at home. And now there's going to be lineup changes. Like we know there's going to be, this is John Tortorella, there will be changes. And so now it's like, where are you at mentally? That's where this next game is going to show us. Yeah, and it was interesting on the forward side of things because I actually did really like the decision to put Joel Farabee up on that top line because Joel Farabee has been playing very well recently and has had some success. And we know Travis Konechny has been hurt 
and sick. And so to me, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's been doing the best he can. I don't really have any complaints about the neck knee, but moving Farabee up to that line gives that line a little extra kick to make up for what Travis Konechny is lacking right now. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Um, I liked it. He had a nice breakaway that got stopped. The thing about, and this isn't a knock on Konechny, although like it was talked about on the broadcast because it was Konechny, but I think this is the mindset. I think there's certain teams, and we've said this a couple of days ago, and I feel it again, where you got to pull back on that power kill when you know you're outmanned. It's kind of like you're at the Alamo. Why are you still charging? You're undermanned here. And I think you can't give the Oilers an edge like that. Yes, you might score a shorthanded goal. You might. That's the the pot at the end of the rainbow. But it's not a high percentage play against a team like this. No, I, I think you're right. I think that is the big difference here. And especially because the Oilers are so good on the power play that as soon as they get possession back, they're going to be immediately set up. They're going to get a quality chance. And with one less body in the defensive position, you know, it just made it all the harder for for Carter Hart there. And so I think I agree that they needed to pull back just a little bit and only go for like the guaranteed rush Yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, you got a breakaway like, you know, then take the breakaway. But if you're trying to force the breakaway, then it's a 50-50 battle or or less, right? So that's I, I just kind of look at it that way. But yeah, this was a tough one for Hart because he did play well. It's not mm-hmm. gonna look good on the score sheet. No way around it. But you know, that was just it was it was just kind of the way the game kind of snowballed. Yes, I know the Flyers tied it two two. I never felt like they were gonna win it though. It never felt that way. It just felt like, hey, they came back, but that was their comeback. Like that was it. You know what I mean? Like not to say the effort wasn't there, but that was as far in this comeback as they were going to be able to get. Yeah, I think, you know, their chances were not as quality. You know, you look at the shot totals and it seemed even, but you could just tell like they weren't yeah. like the chances weren't as good. And the, and the numbers bear that out. And the Oilers defense is much better now than it was in October. And that's why we can't cite that October game anymore where McDavid got bottled up, whatever. It's no longer worth citing. This is a different team. This, yeah. this team that they face now is a different team. Yeah. One of the interesting things about this game um, from on the forward side of things for the Flyers is John Tortorella specifically has mentioned Cam Atkinson, we know, um, and Tyson Forrester secondarily as guys who've been struggling the most. And those were the two forwards that got the most ice time in this game, which I thought was really interesting. Well, um, that they got put out there. On that. My theory on that was, I'm going to give you enough rope to hang yourself. And so basically, whoever didn't do as well in that game, when Noah Cates comes back, that's who's out. And if it were me, it would be Cam Atkinson right now. I thought Forrester at least did enough um, with his body and keeping the mm-hmm. puck alive and those things to keep him in there. But Atkinson had, you know, these, these rushes – on the power play were just one and dones. He just doesn't have it right now. And it's not that he's snake bitten either. Like there's a drop in his play, a definite drop in his play. Yeah. And he, he took a, the penalty at a really yes. inopportune time that allowed the Oilers to go back ahead. So yeah. I, I think, you know, that is very much apparent that 
you know, it, there's definitely something going on here. And, you know, whether we have to wait for Noah Cates to come back in for Atkinson to go out or there's I mean, another opportunity here. Over Atkinson, which is kind of crazy to think about. But I don't think so. I, I mean, don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I do think that there will be some shuffling. I agree. Yeah. Um, but maybe there's a shot that somebody from Lehigh Valley can come up and, and get in the mix so that they don't have to go I mean, 11 They really should send down Gardner and bring up somebody that they could put in the lineup. At this point, you can make an yeah. argument. They can use a boost. I think so. Uh, the other big issue in this game was the face-off dot. Oh, yeah. um, Flyers were pretty atrocious, uh, other than Morgan Frost, to be honest, yeah. who was at 50% uh, when all was said and done. And, you know, Sean Couturier, I think they have to start using him a little more strategically at the dot because yeah. he can get it, but it depends on who he's facing, A, and B, you know, what the situation is. So maybe focus more on putting him out there for defensive zone face-offs right. and, and give the offensive zone ones to Morgan Frost. Right. And and I think that's a, a very good way to do it because it's a lot for Couturier, I think, to handle at the moment. Yes, he looks good five on five. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's where he, you know, struggled. And look, he's facing McDavid. He's facing maybe Dreisaitl on a few of those faceoffs, maybe Nugent Hopkins, depending. And, and they're all really good at it. But there's a lot of teams that are going to be really good at it. And right now, just like we've talked about, business has picked up. If you look at all the teams behind the Flyers, they're winning. Yep. They're all winning, and you know. And now this is the time of the year. The sad part is, you could be happy and proud the way your team played, any team, earlier in the season, but that's over. This is like a new season now, and you got to be up for the task because now winning, winning is now going to be harder. But it's also going to be how much, what kind of clip can you win at? Can you win at a sixty or sixty-five percent clip? Because some of these teams are going to do that. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be a tough battle to stay in a playoff position for the Flyers. They have a chance to get back into winning ways against Columbus. Uh, but in the meantime, Team USA is doing well in World Juniors on to the semifinals where they will be facing Finland. And uh, we had a really good conversation about that earlier today. We do know now that uh, Sweden won their game. You'll hear us talking about. <laughs> yes, we know that now. But uh, you'll hear us talking about not knowing the answer then. Uh, they'll face uh, Czechia in their semifinal. And we will talk about all that coming up next. The NFL regular season's wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. And like I've been saying, bet the Patriots, beat the Jets, especially if it's Belichick's last game with the Patriots. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The quarterfinals of the World Juniors are mostly complete as of recording. Uh, maybe it'll end at some point during this conversation. Good. But um, uh, just to give you a hint about when we're recording this, but we have at least three of the four games complete at this point. And 
I turned the TV on early this morning and it stayed on for a long time because that, uh, honest to God, like those first two games were unbelievable yeah. uh, in terms of how exciting they were, right? Yeah, good games. It's what you want. You want that because, you know, it's do or die. Do or die games are great. Earlier in the morning, at least East Coast time, uh, Finland defeated Slovakia 4-3 to in overtime. And, you know, considering how good Slovakia had been playing overall in the tournament, um, you know, and they'd been scoring a lot of goals, it was a tightly uh, battled game. Finland has been a team that's gotten consistently better as the tournament has progressed. And it just came to a head in this game, which was like, I, I just had so much fun watching it. I like actually not having a vested interest in the outcome of the game because it makes it a lot more fun for me. But uh, just the back and forth and the battle and just how quickly Finland won in overtime. Yeah, Finland really battled back. They did. Um, I like the play out of Hellenius. Uh, again, we'll chat about him on the show. I put him on my, my website, NHL Draft Buzz. I put up a little article about him because he's fun. I mean, at 17, he really looks pretty good in this tournament already, and he's really talented. I felt bad for Gayon. He probably deserved better because it's not like he played poorly at any time during this tournament. Like, he really was a big reason they made it, that Slovakia made it. But, you know, it's the way it goes. Felt bad that, you know, Adam Miracek is now out for the year. So he's not only out for the tournament, but he's out for the year. That's going to hurt him a little bit in the draft. Like, you know, we'll chat about him at some point, but I don't know how how that's going to affect him. I got a list coming out. It'll be interesting to see what that what even I feel like about it. Yeah, I, I do think it'll probably depend on how some other players do, right, in the, so. in the, in the forthcoming uh, rest of their regular seasons outside of international play. But uh, then, like, the big one, Canada versus Czechia. Czechia, of course, uh, I don't know if you'd call it an upset, though, to be honest. Uh, one against Canada, 3-2 to two in regulation. And, uh, you know, I think that the Canadians battled back in this one. They were down to nothing, tie it up. Uh, Czechia wins it late. It was just, um, I think if you're watching the Canadian team there, it was extremely frustrating. Just could not finish. Yeah, or take enough shots after a while, too. They they finally started taking more shots early, but they never kept up with it. Um, I'm not going to blame the tournament on Rousseau, but I didn't love right. him as a goalie. They didn't have a top five goalie in this tournament. I pointed that out. I wrote about it. Like that was something that was going to hurt them a little bit. And then their defense just got lax at times. Yeah. The gaps were bad. They didn't have any great scoring. Uh, I understand Matt Savoy looked fine when he was skating and everything, but he was injured. They brought in Furcus. That was a chance to kind of like undo a wrong in my mind. I even though Furcus looked bad in camp, World Junior camp, people were telling me reasons why that may have happened. But you had him there. You had him there in the stands, and you needed scoring, and you never tried to tap into that. So I think that's a mistake, too. There's a lot of mistakes, right? But at the end, I don't think it was an upset because I don't think Canada had a great roster. No, and you look how the Czechia team had played in previous games. They were up there. I mean, of course, they almost won against the U.S., and so it wasn't like they're a, a bad team. They're a very good team. And yeah. I think one of the interesting things things you know part of the narrative after this game there were two things number one was the goaltending that you already mentioned uh, but the other thing related to what you talked about with not 
utilizing, you know, the the focus and and the skills of the people. They went for a team based winning approach as opposed to having the individual scorers. Yeah. And like it did not work for them. No, um, and this need, is like you always should have the most talented group. I know yeah. they tried to build the perfect team, but it's so hard to do that. I would rather yeah. have the most talented group because in the end, when I'm needing goals in the you know, I've got to have places I could go. You can't count on Celebrini for everything. Yeah, I, I think that was a, a huge part of it that it felt like Celebrini was out there on his own for good uh, portions of it. Um, and then the, like the one game that was less exciting. Well, but hold on. Just... We, we would be remiss though. You know, the, the Oliver Bonk deflection that goes. Oh, yes. Look, Marc-Andre Fleury did worse. Um, yes, that he, is he true. Did fine. He did fine in his NHL career. So I don't think it's going to affect him. I had people texting me, is this going to affect him? It's not going to affect him. It's just a bad place, wrong time, wrong place. It just happens. That's all. Yeah, it's like even it deflects off a body part. Like, what do you? And you're a defenseman. Like, literally, that happens all the time. What yeah. are you gonna do yeah. in that circumstance? You just I, feel I think bad about it because it's like, ugh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Like if it goes off your stick, or it, you know, you make a specific play that causes it. Sure, maybe you feel right. bad, but a deflection off your body part, like. No literally nothing you can do about that so i'm sure he'll be okay um i mean it'll sting literally and yeah, figuratively. Yeah, until he plays again with london and gets a win with them yeah yeah but he'll be fine I, i'm not worried about that as well um and then uh the third game usa versus latvia more of an expected result, and the game went mostly the way that i would have expected it seven to two um, the victory for Team USA. Cutter Gautier got two assists in that game, and so he now leads the tournament in points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because Celebrini's done too. That's he, he was gonna he was gonna get there. I think no matter what. Um, I forget the number now. What did he have to get? Uh, he he's gonna end up passing Doug Waite though, in uh, for the uh, U.S. record. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. of that for World Juniors. So if he hasn't done it yet, he's gonna do it. He's awfully close. So that's nice to see. I, I did talk about again. I do feel like he needs to work on his shooting angles. I know people think that's, well, he's got all these assists. Well, that's great, but he's also a goal scorer. So that's something where I see him. That's about the only struggle in his game. So that's fine. That's that's not a big deal. The, the, the one thing, and again, this is a much easier opponent for the U.S. than for Canada. But, right. but the one thing is they were able to have fun out there. Oh, yeah. I always like to see kids at this age having fun. No matter what, I never want to see like the country weigh them down to the point where they can't have fun out there because, you know, that's what it's about. These guys are kids. They should have fun. And I know Canada can get really rough uh, on their players, but I would rather see them having fun. I would. I don't think they had a lot of fun today. Now, the U.S., it's going to get more pressure packed. Don't get me wrong. But I still think they're having fun. And so are some of the other teams that, you know, that just have nothing to lose. That's great. I love that. And I love that they get that experience. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, I, I did watch Cutter Gauthier's game pretty closely in this one against Latvia. And, you know, with a little bit more room that Latvia gives them, he could do a little bit more. Yes. And I think that was very apparent. So I think that, you know, watching him play as the team enters the semifinals and hopefully the medal round uh, after that, 
you know, whatever it turns out to be, I think that that is going to be key to see when the competition steps up in a metal round game where there's more to lose than the round robin games. I think that'll be important to see how he does there. Yeah, the good news for the U.S. is they had a lot of um, scoring from different from different guys. You know, Danny Nelson yeah. got involved. That's good. You want more more guys involved than just the same old, same old, because eventually sometimes it dries up and then, you know, you want to be able to get it from other places. I did mention that before the tournament began that Seamus Casey looked like he took a jump in camp and was very close to being as talented as Hudson, even though he may not be as flashy. And he's got the same amount of points now, I think, after this three-point game. So good for Seamus Casey. Devils fans should be really happy that they drafted him. But that's good for this team that there's somebody else there with the same kind of offense besides Hudson. That's a big deal. And Drew Forteski, you know what? That's nice that he gets a goal. Like, you can't leave anybody on the U.S. team open. You know, Chesley's not known for scoring, right? But he got a one-timer goal now for Forteski. Yeah, yeah. You can leave these guys open. They're going to still score a goal. These guys are still talented, even if they're playing a role as defensive defensemen. That's the one thing about the U.S. blue line is it's very talented. Yeah, I would say so. Well, uh, the one remaining game, as we are recording, is tied uh, between Sweden Crazy. and Switzerland. Crazy game going on. There's uh, about five and a half minutes left as of this moment. This the best, honestly, I mean, you can say whatever you want about the NHL, and the NHL is great all season long. But if you've been watching NHL games compared to these games, it doesn't compare. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. The te- you know, The tension in these games is unbelievable. Yeah, so we uh, we might uh, butt back into our other conversation yeah. uh, in the next segment with the final results of this game, uh, should we know that by that time, uh, which is our mailbag segment. And we've got some good questions about a potential jersey retirement, some prospect questions, and, of course, a question about the power play coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite parts of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about flash deals, plus you can get a view from your seat. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of events, and sometimes up to an hour after it starts, it is the place to find your last-minute seat. Also, those tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through emails. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Uh, getting to your mailbag questions, Mario wants to know why isn't number 37 hanging from the rafters at the Wells Fargo Center? Um, and obviously not for Louis Belpedio. It's Eric Desjardins. Um, 
Mario says, uh, to me, Eric Desjardins has one of the highest hockey IQs when it comes to playing the offensive defenseman position other than Mark Howe or Paul Coffey. No one knew more about when to join the rush and when to stay back than he did. And unlike some of today's offensive defensemen, he never got caught out of position. So uh, what, what do you think? I mean, it's a good argument. The only thing I would say is, and you know, I don't want to match up numbers, but when you have a feeling about a guy, like, is he better than Kimo Timonen? Like, you have to think about that. That's really close, right? That's the first guy that came yeah. to mind. Like, if you let him Desjardins, now I got I to gotta do the same for Kimo Timonen because I feel like they were equally as important to the teams at the time they were there. Well, and Kimo Timonen's number is hanging from the rafters in my home, and that's oh. what's important, right? right. But, but you know what I mean? But, that's sort of the feeling I have. So I'd probably say no to the rafters only because – I don't think I could do both of them. And I don't know how to make a decision between either one of them, to be honest. They were both really good. Yeah. And, you know, Desjardins was entered into the Flyers Hall of Fame. Um, right. So he is, his name is on a banner in the Wells yeah. Fargo Center. Uh, that was it back in 2015. And so at least for now, that seems like enough for me um, that they have honored him. They have had a day for him. Um, in fact, we haven't had a Flyers Hall of Fame ceremony in a couple of years. We're bringing that back this year for Mark Recchi. Yep. Uh, so I think that th I think he was honored. You look at Recchi's numbers. They were crazy yeah. as a player. Crazy. Right. Right. So I do think that they have honored Eric Desjardins sufficiently, at least. For yeah. He, so. Listen, terrific player. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. One of my all-time faves. Uh, Luke McDowell on Twitter mentioned Cole Knubel's hat trick to us on December 30th. And uh, how's he doing so far at Notre Dame? I think Knubel's learning the all-around game. I think that's what's going to be important. He doesn't have the size his dad does, but he's got more skill. Uh, his dad kind of, you know, figured it out, how to get those greasy goals. He's going to be there probably the whole time at, at Notre Dame, and I'm okay with that. I would like to see what comes out at the end. Uh, maybe you talk to him in that final year and say, hey, listen, kid, we like you, but, you know, have a good year and let's see what you do. I wouldn't be upset about that because I think because of his dad, the Flyers would still have the inside track. But, yeah, I think there's something there. I thought there was something there in his draft year. So I'm willing to kind of take the long approach with him because I feel like uh, there's more good to come out of it. And sometimes guys develop a little later and so did his dad. So why not? He's got five goals and three assists uh, for eight points in 20 games so far. He's been playing the 1C role at Notre Dame, which is a good program, but not a great program. Right, but still a lot of defensive responsibility. The coaching staff yep. requires that. And so, you know, it's going to cut into his offense a little bit. Yeah, so I think he's doing real well so far, but he just needs to stay the course and continue his development. Yep. For the... Phantoms issues that we talked about on the show yesterday. We got several comments over on YouTube about um, the problem being the Flyers drafting. And that is why the Phantoms aren't doing well. And so I wanted to talk about that uh, just because we had, again, several comments to this point, because I think it's more the overall team building and coaching that includes players it's not the drafting that's the issue i don't think it's the drafting i think you have a fair amount of talent there i do uh and actually more coming from overseas overseas in canada eventually so i don't think it's the drafting uh if you want to tell me like hey drafting hasn't been good enough in the last decade yeah maybe i'll go along with that 
but recently it's been okay. But I think the collection, the guys that have down there are good. There have been some years that the draft hasn't been great, and I've talked about that with the Flyers and even recently. But as far as guys that they have there now, down there now, it's good enough quality to win. And so yeah. I think it is about team building, putting it together, getting the pieces to fit. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the problem. Um, another question related to our Phantoms Tuesday episode from Guido. He just commented, no power play, no playoffs. And I thought that was spot on because I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah. if, if there's one singular reason that they won't make it, it's that it's likely to be two or three others. But if there's one, it's going to be that because there's so many games that they've left points on the table simply because they can't produce on the power play. Like that's just a fact. Yeah, I think so as well. And um, I think it holds true at the NHL level too. It's not yeah. just an AHL level thing. So, which is, you know, a conversation we've been having about the Flyers uh, as well uh, for the last uh, month or so. I would say that it's been, you know, a huge part of oh, for a, a little bit in Lehigh. Like, you just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a tough situation, I think, for the Phantoms and for the Flyers on, on that front. But it, it's, you know, a good, I think, adage to go by. No power play, no playoffs there. Not yeah, not at all. Um, last question is World Juniors related as the clock ticks down on the last quarterfinal game here. Will we make it? I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, cool. d- it's very close. They had a uh, review that took some time off. But uh, do you think Alex Zernick looked good for a short time in World Juniors? Yeah, I, th- I think his skating looked good. I think he looked like he belonged. I do think his finish needs some work. So I think I think he's a, a bottom six guy with top six speed. And it all depends on the finish where he might end up, um, you know, as a pro someday. So I think that's as far as I'll go with him right now. But I, I, I didn't see anything that I would say, oh, you know, I'm really worried about. No. I think, you know, we have to just see is if he's not going to be a finisher, then yes, that speed can come come in handy, but probably come in handy as a third liner. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I definitely think, you know, he should be able to come back from injury. And I think yeah. that that he'll be OK. And it's just somebody to watch and we'll see what he looks like at Dev Camp this upcoming year versus how he looked uh, this past summer, and hopefully we'll see a significant amount of progress and, and just go from there. That's what I look for every time I go, every time I walk in there when it's burning hot out outside and it's cool inside, I want to see the uh, progress. All right. Well, there's still about 30 seconds left in the Switzerland-Sweden game. It's tied. Uh, situation is 10th. Y'all will know the outcome of the game. We'll know the outcome of the game in the next 10 minutes or so. But alas, was not to be for the end of today's show. Uh, We will, of course, be back tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about those results. And um, we are going to uh, check in on another prospect. And it'll be a great show. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you've got mailbag questions, you can send them in via email, lockdownflyers at gmail. You can send them to us on Twitter at lockdownflyers or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.